0: Hello, Maverick fans, welcome to another edition of the Puck cast. I am John and I am here today with Bridget, who is joining me uh, for uh, her first podcast uh, appearance of the second half of our season. Uh, what did you think of that North Dakota series up in Grand Forks? We had hoped to be able to go up to that series, but uh, Arctic weather uh, came uh, to the Omaha metro area.
1: I feel like I've spent a lot of time with you uh, on the road for hockey this particular season, but really disappointed not to have made that trip up to Grand Forks. It actually was warmer in Grand Forks than it was here in Omaha, so who would have thought?
0: Who would have thought? Maybe we should have made uh, that trip up uh, I-29 because it was a very uh, exciting uh, and eventful series for UNO. But before we get into that, we've got to give a shout out to our official merchandise sponsor for the Mad Podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. As many of you know, Bridget and I uh, seem to always be uh, sporting UNO hockey gear. Does not matter the time of year. It could be during the meat of the season. It could be during the middle of the summer. Uh, Most of our wardrobe is uh, from Lawler's Custom Sportswear Bridge.
1: That is true. And I can't tell you the number of times that people think that I work for the university because I'm wearing Maverick gear. I think we need to get more folks out there wearing their UNO apparel from Lawler's so that people will stop asking me if I'm a UNO employee.
0: I know. We hear from a number of UNO fans that this happens. Uh, That's the common question is, are you an employee of UNO? The other uh, common question with all of those road games we went on during the first half of the season uh, was, uh, which of the players uh, is our son? And uh, sadly, sadly we don't work for UNO, nor... Uh, do we have a son on the team? So uh, nothing we can do to rectify that. And if you would like to be mistaken for a UNO employee or the parent uh, of one of the UNO hockey players, be sure to head uh, down to uh, Lawler's Custom where brick and mortar store on uh, South 84th street here in Omaha, or visit them online at lawlerscustom.com. So UNO had their first series of the second half of the NCHC season. It was a big one going to North Dakota. North Dakota is our travel partner uh, in the NCHC Uh, going into that Friday game. Boy, uh, that game turned out to be a barn burner. (laughs) 10 seconds into the game bridge, UND's Jackson Blake puts the F and Hawks up one to nothing. And I got to be honest with you. I was a little worried, uh, That soon into the game, one shot, one goal for North Dakota. Uh, I was worried about how it was going to go.
1: That's definitely not the way that you want to start the second half uh, of the conference uh, play. But UNO, of course, turned it right back around and uh, evened it up with their own one shot, one goal uh, just 71 seconds later.
0: Absolutely. Zach Erdahl who is making the habit of scoring the first goal for UNO on Friday nights here in uh, 2024, uh, ties things up for UNO, uh, four goals for all this season. Uh, you and I both have been impressed uh, impressed with him uh, coming back uh, from uh, that injury in the first half of the season, Bridge.
1: Yep. Uh, he was the player that was at last week's press conference that I attended. I feel like he's fitting right in. Uh, he's definitely made an impact coming back from that injury, and we're glad to have him back.
0: He was originally uh, recruited by UNO before he committed and went to play at uh, Wisconsin so uh, I'm really glad that uh, Mike Gabinette and company uh, got a second chance on him cuz he's been a lot of fun to watch here this season one of my uh, one of my favorite players uh, for the 2023-24 campaign North Dakota added uh, two power play goals later in the first we left that period down uh, 3 to 1 to North Dakota so certainly not an ideal position to be in but That Erdahl goal uh, helped uh, take some of the sting of that away. And then 123 into the second, Omaha's Matt Miller nets a power play goal. It's good to see UNO starting to have some success on the power play here in the uh, second half of the season. It was a greasy goal down low that uh, he just kind of pushed through Ludwig Pearson's uh, five hole there, uh, narrows the lead to three to two. Were you feeling better at that point, Bridget, about UNO's chances in this game?
1: Well, definitely. Again, being on the road, North Dakota is always a tough place to play. It would have been easy for the guys to just kind of pack it in. But uh, definitely a lot of hustle, a lot of grit uh, to get the, that score a little bit closer.
0: Well, yeah, that's one of the things that we've been talking about with this UNO team this season. It's not always pretty. But they don't give up, and that's uh, that's been really impressive to see. They've been in a lot of close, low-scoring games, so uh, nice to see the boys uh, fight back here. And then a uh, two and a half minutes after the Miller goal, uh, senior Brock Bremer nets a goal off a sweet pass from Ty Mueller. Uh, you were impressed with Mueller all weekend long.
1: I sure was. Uh, boy, that behind the back, no look pass uh, set Bremer up. Uh, both of them, you know, crashing towards the net, and uh, just a huge huge play for Omaha to get back into this game
0: absolutely the game is tied up three to three at that point UNo and UND each tally an additional goal in that second period um, Mueller had the fourth goal for UNo a power play goal 1256 into the period uh, the game is tied four to four after two uh honestly a really really impressive period for UNO coming back taking control of the play, gaining the momentum, getting more possession in their offensive zone. Uh, exciting to see the guys battle back. So it was a new game going into that third period. And there were some exciting plays throughout the third and some big plays from sophomore goaltender Simon Lacosi.
1: Yeah, Simon really helped keep that game tied in the third period. And then, of course, there was the controversial penalty to Sullivan, which we were afraid was going to change the momentum there uh, in the third period.
0: You're really worried uh, letting them have that five minutes, uh, all-you-can-eat power play, is, uh, as as uh, commentator uh, Dave Starman calls it. The game was tied four to four after that third period, and uh, it goes to the five-minute three-on-three overtime something, Bridge, that uh, UNO has become uh, all too familiar with this season.
1: Yeah, Mavs have been in a lot of one-goal games, and they've certainly been in a lot of overtime games. They came up big in that overtime period with Jack Randall making that great play to uh, win the game in overtime for Omaha.
0: Absolutely. 34 seconds into OT. Jack Randall gets the game-winning goal in OT. It was set up off of a rebound from a Nolan Crenzen shot. Bradbury challenged the goal in overtime for goaltender interference. Uh, Ty Mueller ran into Ludwig Pearson, but officials determined that North Dakota defenseman Garrett Pike knocked him into the goalie. You and I were thinking they might wave off that goal bridge as we were watching.
1: There's been a lot of talk about officiating Uh, in particular, NCHC officiating, and the referees took a look at it and uh, determined that Pike was at fault for pushing Mueller into person. And so, uh, like I said, great, great outcome for the Mavs on Friday night.
0: Because the game went to the three-on-three overtime, UNO gets two out of a possible three conference points for that game. But uh, a good showing on the road at Ralph Engelstad Arena, which is a – it's a tough place for everybody to play. So uh, we head into that Saturday game. We were certainly hopeful that UNO could get some more points on the weekend. The game was scoreless through the first period. Uh, UNO did play well during that first period. So 0-0 after the first. And then we go into the second period, six forty six into the second. North Dakota's Griffin Nets puts UND up 1-0. It's 1-0 after two periods up in uh, Grand Forks. So UNO certainly has an opportunity at that point, Bridge.
1: Yep. Uh, And Ness had been the extra skater for North Dakota. So for him to key that North Dakota goal was great for them, terrible for us. But still, Mavs are only down one goal. And like we talked about earlier, there's no quitting these guys. So it, it wasn't over yet.
0: Absolutely right. And 49 seconds into the third, Omaha freshman sensation Tanner Ludke ties it up for the Mavs early in the third. Boy, I've I've been impressed with Tanner these last few weekends uh, for UNO. You know, he's a guy coming in from the Lincoln Stars of the USHL. He put up a lot of points in juniors last season. Uh, We're expecting big things, but he's still developing that chemistry with Mueller and some of the other guys uh, on the roster.
1: Yeah, he definitely has the ability to make big plays. Like you mentioned that at Lincoln, he was producing uh, a point a game, basically. And so for him to get uh, hot is really going to be critical for the Mavs in the second half stretch. And this was certainly a timely goal for the Mavs.
0: North Dakota scores two unanswered goals uh, later on in that third period 335 into the third north dakota's dylan james puts und up two to one uno tried to knot it up they tried to tie it up it just didn't happen in the closing moments of the third former uno forward camberg gets an empty netter for north dakota And the Fighting Hawks end up winning the game, getting three conference points. They got four of six points on the weekend. Boy, it was kind of hard this weekend uh, watching uh, Cam Berg wear the green and black for uh, North Dakota. We had the chance uh, last season to uh, sit with him uh, at a dinner with the Mavs event. Uh, A really good kid uh, played for the Omaha Lancers. Uh, We were really sorry to see him go, Bridge.
1: I generally wish uh, former Mavs those old bulls well, but you're right. That was uh, really tough to see him on the opposing team this weekend. And then to have him hit the empty netter uh, was just kind of a dagger in our heart would have been great to have him back as a Mav this year uh, because of his offensive effectiveness. But at the same time, you know, these, these guys with the portal and everything else, they have to do what's best for their game, but at least it wasn't, the uh the game winner
0: yeah absolutely right uh it's an adventure with the uh, transfer portal uh in college hockey currently and uh and uh it's really brought free agency to uh collegiate athletics uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Camberg's season uh goes uh, the rest of the way uh, he certainly established himself uh, as a face-off specialist with the fighting hawks uh this is gonna be interesting to see how he does uh, down the stretch so as i mentioned und wins the game three to one, but, uh, I think we would agree, uh, two points out of that series going on the road to North Dakota was a good outcome for the Mavs. The fact of the matter is that we've struggled uh, putting up points and we've struggled on the power play. The power play is uh, starting to heat up a little bit here. So, uh, uh I know that coach Gabinette mentioned, uh, during the uh, midweek presser that you attended that, uh, the team's been working on that.
1: Uh, coach Gabinette mentioned, you know, even just having a power play goal or two, uh, come about would really help with these really close contests. The Mavs are 9-2-0 and 0 in one goal contest. And so he's absolutely correct. Uh, those two power play goals on Friday night were key. And uh, like I said, we need that to continue down the stretch.
0: So, as I mentioned, North Dakota gets four of six points on the weekend. Simon Lacosi had a total 62 saves in the series. We learned this week that he is on the Mike Richter Award watch list uh, for his performance in net this season. So, congratulations to Simon. Uh, He, uh, as MAF fans are aware, gets the bulk of the playing time in net. Uh, So, he has really done a a yeoman's job for UNO Bridge.
1: Great to see him uh, continuing to have success as a Mav. And again, he's going to be critical down the stretch as well.
0: So we've got to talk about our players of the week uh, for this North Dakota series bridge. Who did you like as player of the week for UNO in this series against North Dakota?
1: Well, you alluded to him earlier and uh, I definitely was impressed with the play of junior forward Ty Mueller this weekend. Uh, He had a four point weekend, Uh, Power play goal, like we mentioned, on Friday night with two assists, including that beautiful uh, behind-the-back no-look pass to Bremer that set up that goal, and then he had an assist on Saturday's goal. So definitely a strong weekend for him. We've needed Ty to get going again. He had a really strong November. And the other thing that was really impressive with him uh, this past weekend was his work in the face-off dots. He had eight of thirteen in the faceoffs on Saturday and eleven of twenty in the faceoff dot on Friday. And as you know, puck possession hugely important to making these key plays for the Mavericks. And so for his scoring and for his work in faceoffs, Ty Mueller gets my knot this week.
0: Absolutely right. Ty is a great player. You know, it's. He's still, even though he's a junior on the team, he's still a young guy. He came to UNO uh, fairly young, uh, young compared to some of the recruits uh, that we get in here uh, after uh, they play their junior stints. And so you and I, obviously the last three seasons have been impressed with Ty Mueller and uh, certainly we're hoping for big things uh, going forward because, uh, he's, uh, he's an important part uh, of our offensive success on this season. And, uh, I was impressed with his puck handling this weekend, his ability and his awareness to get the puck where it needed to be. Uh, we talked about that goal that Bremer had, uh, just that beautiful, no look behind the back pass that he made across the ice to Bremer, uh, was key. So he leads the team in points, seven goals and 10 assists this season. Uh, great pick bridge. i you hadn't picked him. I might've picked him myself, uh, but I've got to go with freshman forward Tanner ludkey I don't think we've picked him as our player of the week on the map podcast yet. Uh, so we're going to rectify that situation right now. He had one goal and two assists at North Dakota. He's currently third on the team in points with five goals and seven assists. We need him uh, to come up big here in the second half stretch. Uh, if we're going to make a run at the top half, uh, of the nchc
1: conference you know a lot of times freshmen uh, forwards in particular have a hard time adjusting to the pace of the game especially in the nchc where there's so many skilled high impact players but he's making that adjustment quite well and uh, if we can keep him healthy and producing i think it bodes really well for the maps
0: a really good kid from a good family. Uh, great to see uh, him playing with his brother here at uh, Omaha this season. And we look uh, forward to watching uh, both of them the next few seasons for UNO. but as we look ahead to the second half stretch here of NCHC play, fans are already starting to talk about the NCHC playoffs and, uh, a few weeks ago, it was announced that the NCHC is going to have a new conference playoff format starting in the 2025-26 season. Bridge, you uh, were able to attend a virtual press conference uh, on behalf of madpuck.com, uh with NCHC Commissioner uh, Heather Weems about the new format. We were wondering if and when they were going to go to a uh, campus site conference championship because certainly the ccha does it and the big 10 does it and we thought maybe it'll end up happening here certainly with covid which kind of threw things off uh, at the xl energy center we wondered how long that was going to last as i mentioned the current format has the postseason nchc tournament uh in a in two weekends so the uh Current format has the eight-member schools playing each other in a best-of-three series at the Higher Seeds home venue the first weekend. And then the four teams that win in the first weekend of the NCHC playoffs are reseeded and move on to the NCHC frozen face-off at the Xcel Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then there are two semifinal games at St. Paul – on Friday night, and then there's a championship game on Saturday night. There used to be a third place game, which they eliminated after the 2018 19 season when you and I attended the uh, NCHC uh, playoffs up there. uh The winner of the frozen faceoff, of course, gets the auto bid to the NCAA tournament, although the NCHC is. Uh, is strong enough that typically the uh, winner of the NCHC uh, frozen face-off was going to be an at-large uh, participant uh, in the NCAA tournament anyway. The format will stay the same this season, of course, and the format will stay the same for next season, the 2024-25 season. But the addition of Arizona State to the NCHC next season means there will be a play-in game between the number 8 and number 9 seed at the number one seeds campus arena to determine who will play the number one seed in that first round best of three series. Now the 2026 format is where things change a little bit. It goes from a two weekend conference tournament to a three weekend conference tournament. And as I mentioned earlier, the conference tournament will be held entirely on-campus sites. The first weekend will stay the same between the nine seeds. And then the second weekend will feature the four winning seeds from that first weekend in a single elimination semifinal game at the two remaining higher seed sites. Okay. So it'll still go from eight teams down to four teams, but rather than going to St. Paul for the frozen face-off instead The lower two seeds will go to the higher two seeds Campus Arena for a single game that weekend. And then the winner of those two games will head to the highest seed Remainings Campus Barn to play for the NCHC championship and Bridget is looking at me here and I am just praying that I am describing this right. Cause I probably went into more depth than I needed to, but throughout the season, when we're sitting in the stands at Baxter arena, people ask me questions about this stuff. And, you know, I, people just aren't kind of keyed in uh, who attend the games to some of the intricacies of the conference race uh, that uh, those of us who follow all the nitty gritty details are, so, uh Bridge, you attended the press conference. NCHC play during the regular season will actually be starting a week earlier now to accommodate a three week playoff. But this is something a lot of us have thought uh, was coming, and uh, you gained some insights uh, in that uh, in that press conference uh, with uh, Commissioner Weems.
1: Yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that press conference because, like you said, there are so many details that are involved in this change that's going to be happening in uh, 2025 with the addition of Arizona State, and then 2026 with no longer having the Excel Energy Center uh, host uh, the semifinals and the finals. So it was really neat to be able to be on that call and get some insight from uh, NCHC leadership, including Commissioner Reams, about how this is gonna work. I will say one of the things that really came out of that for me is that there's a lot of things that they haven't determined yet, but there's definitely a lot of time for them to work through some of those details. Um, As you mentioned, one of the biggest things is they're going to be stopping conference play a week earlier than normal. Uh, But of course, there's a realignment with Arizona state joining. So again, they've got time to adjust those schedules as well. But the biggest impact I think that the NCHC initially alluded to was the time and the travel and the wear on the student-athletes with all of that uh, travel up to St. Paul and that sort of thing. But we knew, having attended in 2019, that the mix of teams that makes it to St. Paul really has a huge impact financially. If you don't have North Dakota or one of those closer teams in Duluth or St. Cloud at the uh, frozen face-off, It really impacts the finances of that event, and in particular, making it be successful. And they've been really lucky throughout the years of the NCHC that they've had at least one of those teams uh, close by that has helped make up the attendance. But you can't guarantee that going forward, particularly with the parity that exists in this conference. And so in an interview with CHN, Commissioner Weems, had alluded to the fact that there was a really favorable uh, arrangement with the uh, Excel Energy Center, but that contract was expiring. So I'm sure that that heavily contributed as well. Um, Of course, they want to take care of the student athletes and the the staff and the coaches and that sort of thing. But um, the bottom line is it is likely to be more financially profitable to have these campus sites instead of that neutral conference uh, playoff venue.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. You know, when we attended in March of 2019, we won tickets from UNO actually. Um, I wanted to go and experience what it was like. So I'm glad we got a chance to do that. Even though UNO wasn't there, it was a lot of fun, but North Dakota did not make it um, to the semifinals that year. And uh, it, it was a big hit on attendance. It certainly helped having St. Cloud and Minnesota Duluth, who ended up playing uh, for the Frozen Faceoff Championship, uh, playing there. But you look at last season and you look at the top four seeds in the conference race, it very easily could have been a situation where you had Denver, Western Michigan, Omaha, and St. Cloud up at the frozen faceoff. Now North Dakota ended up upsetting us in the first round of the NCHC playoffs, so they ended up getting North Dakota in St. Paul at the XL Energy Center. But uh, you look in the future with the addition of Arizona State, uh, who's been a good, solid team uh, since uh, they've gone Division One under Greg Powers, and you start to envision a scenario where someday down the road it could be Denver, Western. Omaha and Arizona State uh, in St. Paul for that. And you just imagine uh, anemic ticket sales and anemic turnout. And you and I in our business uh, doing publicity for businesses and organizations, we've worked uh, ticketed events at local arenas doing publicity. And I can only imagine how much it costs to put on something uh, at a a big NHL rink uh, like the Excel Energy Center Bridge.
1: For sure. And a big part of that, obviously, is you're not getting a lot of those local fans who are coming to support it like you do for the College World Series in Omaha, for example. Um, At the College World Series in Omaha, you have Omaha season ticket holders who make up maybe 50% of the attendance at the event. And that hasn't been the case for the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. And so they really rely on the fans of the teams that are playing to come and purchase tickets and support that event. And, uh, you know, with so much hockey happening at the end of the season there, you've, you know, got the frozen face off and then immediately the, the regionals. And if your team does well, in the regionals, then you're looking forward to the frozen four. You're asking a lot of those, fans to invest their time and money in things. And so keeping these games close to home with campus sites, I think is a sound financial move. And one that uh, was probably due for the NCHC with the realignment in the conference.
0: And in addition to this, you know, you mentioned the NCAA regionals. and, And one of the things that was kind of alluded to uh, during that press conference is the fact that, you know, there are a lot of coaches uh, in the NCHC who are a favor of making the NCAA regionals uh, a campus site affair and going away from those neutral sites around the country. Uh, it, it's it's difficult. We've attended a number of regionals uh, with UNO over the years and and turnout can be very anemic uh, at some of those events. I know everybody's like it's more competitive at at neutral sites. You know, it would be less competitive at somebody's home arena but it's just the financial realities. And when you look at sports like uh, you know, NCAA baseball, NCAA volleyball, which is a big one here in Nebraska, uh, you look at the fact that uh, games are played in home arenas in those early rounds of the NCAA tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. If it stays uh, neutral sites, uh, Commissioner Weems alluded to the fact in that presser that it would, it would allow the XL Center to bid on a regional, which might make it a little bit more possible to get some of those regionals west of the Mississippi River, which is a hard thing to do right now.
1: Yeah, she did definitely mention that. And we've seen in the past couple of years, it has been difficult to have Western venues. UNO, of course, is the host in Sioux Falls this year. But opening up some more of those venues, like you said, west of the Mississippi is... Very helpful for teams in the NCHC in particular that would not have to travel out to the East Coast then uh, as often, especially if they're the host institutions.
0: Absolutely, it's kind of hard when you have a uh, when you have a Midwest regional in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, (laughs) It's I mean I'm sure people in the Rust Belt think of that as Midwest. But I, living here, kind of right in the middle of the country, do not. So it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. I'm sure that there will be more details coming out of the NCHC meetings uh, after this season. It'll be fascinating to see how this uh, develops, and it'll be fascinating to see uh, how it affects UNO in the future. UNO has not made it to the NCHC frozen Faceoff uh, at the Xcel Energy Center uh, since this uh, conference formed uh, a decade ago. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if UNO can get it done uh, here in the next two seasons. Uh, the last time UNO made a neutral site conference semifinal was in the 2000-2001 season. Bridget and I were there. We were in our 20s. We are now in our 50s. We thought that it was going to be a common occurrence going and watching a UNO play in those uh, semifinals and finals conference play, and it has not happened. So uh, hopefully the Mavs can get it done, Bridge.
1: Someday, Omaha.
0: Someday, Omaha. That's right. I'm so glad uh, we did those uh, shirts as part of our uh, special apparel collection with uh, Lawler's Custom this year. Coming up we got Denver at Baxter Arena on January 19th and 20th. It's an opportunity to get some uh, big conference points because right now UNO sits alone in seventh place in the conference race. So uh, it would help things along to try to pull our way back up to the middle of the pack. Uh, DU is 15-5 and 2 overall. They come in after earning a win and a tie against St. Cloud at Magnus Arena last weekend. You and I uh, watched some of that uh, Saturday night, uh, Saturday night tie that Saint Cloud ended up winning uh, in a shootout for the extra conference point. Uh, Denver is currently third in the NCHC with 17 points, as I mentioned uh, a moment ago. UNO is alone in seventh with 11 points, so they've got some ground to make up. And uh, UNO teams uh, under Coach Gabinet typically have been strong in the confines. Of Baxter Arena, so uh, so they've got to take uh, advantage of this opportunity. We saw some good play for UNO last fall when we were uh, when we were out in Denver for that uh, interesting series. Uh, Bridget, what are your thoughts going into this series against DU this upcoming weekend?
1: Well, I know I sound like a broken record, but definitely special teams are going to be a critical component to this weekend. Denver had three power play goals against St. Cloud last weekend. UNO needs to keep their power play clicking. We are uh 7-1 and 0 when we score a power play goal.
0: Uh DU coach David Carl is coming off a gold medal coaching performance at the IIHF World Junior Cup, uh leading Team USA to the gold medal. So uh quite an accomplishment there for uh for the uh, 34 year old david carl i'll tell you what uh, he's young and his life just seems to be one uh, boulevard of unbroken green lights so uh, it's great to be dave carl these days Uh, he is 131 58 and 15 uh, with du so uh, he's had success certainly uh, i would uh, i would give some of that credit to uh, his two talented assistants tavis mcmillan and dallas ferguson who are both coaches that we were familiar with in UNO CCHA days because they both coached together and were both head coaches at Alaska Fairbanks, and uh, were able to get a lot out of uh, those uh, Nanook teams when they were there. Uh, a couple players I would encourage fans to watch, certainly junior forward Massimo Rizzo's a name you're going to hear a lot. Uh, he's the nation's leading point producer. He has nine goals and 25 assists on the season. Uh, junior forward Jack Devine is coming off a three-point weekend against St. Cloud. He has 18 goals and uh, 15 assists for the Pioneers. And then the goalie situation has been very interesting. When UNO was out there, freshman Freddie Halleck got both nights in nets because Matt Davis uh, was injured. Well, Matt Davis is back in the lineup and he currently has a 2.66 goals against average. It's been an interesting situation uh, with the goalies. They have four goaltenders on the roster, they brought in a guy. Uh, around mid-season bridge.
1: Yeah, that was very interesting for me to see that they added uh, Paxson Geisel, uh, who joined them in late November and played at Western Michigan. So while we expect that it'll probably be Matt Davis in goal for them, they definitely have a roster of experienced goaltenders. Uh, two of them are freshmen, but still uh, they've gotten some play this season. And so we'll just have to see what kind of matchup we get this weekend when they come into Baxter.
0: Absolutely. And one interesting note uh, on Freddie Halleck, uh, he played youth hockey with Omaha's Ty Mueller in Cochrane, Alberta. So uh, he has a 2.91 goals against average and a 0.883 save percentage. Bridget, are there any players you're keeping an eye on this weekend?
1: Well, yeah, you mentioned David Carl and uh, the World Junior Championship. One of the players that he was coaching was one of his own Freshman defenseman Zeve Buyam is one of the Buyam brothers. He has 27 points so far this season, five goals and 22 assists. Junior defenseman Shai Buyam, the older of the two Buyam brothers, has four goals and 14 assists uh, on the season so far. He's a big guy, uh, six foot four, 210 pounds, really is able to throw his weight around. They've gotten quite a bit of attention of late. They definitely have some serious point production this season. So the two of them are definitely players to keep an eye on this weekend, jumping into the play, uh, definitely on the power play as well. So I'd encourage Mav fans to keep an eye on the Booyam brothers.
0: I can tell that Bridget loved having to try and pronounce uh, the Booyam brother names. Uh, Like you mentioned, they're both terrific players. Uh, Zeb Watching him last November when we were uh, out in the Mile High City uh, watching UNO play at Magnus Arena. Very impressive player for being a freshman. Uh, Really, really uh, talented uh, defenseman. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how long uh, he stays and how he develops over the next uh, couple of seasons. So, uh, lots of talented players on this roster. You just look at the roster, you look at the stats, you go up and down the list, lots of depth, as we mentioned though, with the goaltending that I think is probably the biggest question. So there is an opportunity for UNO. They just have to play smart. If UNO is able to establish themselves in their offensive zone, put some pressure on denver i think that they can have success because a number of teams have had success against uh, du this season so they're they're not quite the juggernaut uh that they've been in recent seasons but look it's the second half of the season uh and as we're all well aware denver has a way of uh turning it on in second half conference play so it's uh it's going to be interesting bridget what's your pick for this weekend uh Certainly, uh, as we mentioned, we had a great time uh, out in Denver uh, last uh, November, and that was, uh, that was a very exciting, kind of unpredictable series. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any ice fiascos at Baxter Arena this weekend, but who knows? What's your pick for this weekend? Is know, going to be able to sweep? Are they going to get swept? Are they going to find a way to split? What do you think's going to happen?
1: As much as I would love UNO to sweep Denver, I just don't know if we're quite there yet. So I'm going to pick a split with Denver. And one interesting thing that we've noticed is in the first half of the season, UNO tended to lose on Friday night and then win on Saturday. But here in 2024, uh, the fortunes have reversed and the last two series we have won on Friday night and lost on Saturday night. So I'm going to say that that trend continues this week with uh, Omaha getting the win on Friday night and then losing, of course, a close contest on Saturday night because uh, we've had a lot of one goal games so far this season. So why not on Saturday?
0: Why not? It'll be interesting to see if they uh, hold the form uh, early in this uh second half uh, of the 2023-24 campaign, I'm going to be a little more optimistic. Now, UNO has not swept an NCHC series this season, Uh, so precedents would say that a split was going to be our best outcome in this series, but uh, I'm going to be positive here uh, in the uh, first home game of uh, the 2024 calendar year, and I'm going to say that UNO finds a way to sweep both of these games. I think it's going to be close on Friday night for UNO. I think they're going to win one of those uh, nip-tuck games that goes down to the wire, closing moments of the third, or that three-on-three overtime, which UNO has become very familiar with. I think that's the scenario for Friday night. And then I think on Saturday night, UNO is able to pull away in the second period uh, and get a big win over uh, Denver going to give them some momentum going to uh saint cloud state uh the following weekend so uh so i hope that they can get it done bridge fingers crossed that the mavs uh find a way because they could really use five or six uh conference points this weekend to to get back into that conference race so we got to stay on pace with those uh those teams the next couple of weekends uh If you're interested in coming out to the games uh, this weekend, they are at 7.07 p.m. at Baxter Arena. You can get tickets at omavs.com forward slash ticks. That's omavs.com forward slash T-I-X. If you're interested in joining us for those games, you can listen to both games on 1290 Coil in Omaha or on the Varsity Network app. And of course, both games will be available to view on NCHC TV. Uh, You looking forward to the series bridge?
1: My fingers are crossed that the fans remember there is a home series this weekend, because I have to tell you from being out in Denver on that Sunday afternoon game, the home crowd was not in attendance there. I'm hopeful that the fans will come out Friday and Saturday night and support the Mavs. It's their only chance to see the Mavs play on home ice in the month of January. So come on out, support the team. We hope to see it. It's warm or warmer in Baxter Arena.
0: Yeah. And I know we'll be uh, chatting with a number of you at the series this weekend. Uh, Bridget, of course, will be uh, tweeting the game. So be sure to follow Mavpuck on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, Join our Facebook group. Be sure to answer the questions when you join so that Bridget will let you into the Facebook group. But until next time, go Mavs.
1: Go Mavs!